0: The views, ideas, and content of WellSeekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on WellSeekers.
1: Hey, welcome to WellSeekers, the show about forming a better relationship with yourself and others, changing your story to make it one where you're living life happy, healthy, and whole. I'm Lucia. And on today's show, we're talking about something that's called the cancer that nobody understands. And honestly, until I had a friend diagnosed with it, I didn't understand it either. It's stage four metastatic breast cancer. There are currently 155,000 Americans, men and women living with this in the United States. The survival rate is three to five years. It's a treatable disease, but it's not a curable disease, which is what differentiates it some from other stage four cancers. Our guest today is gonna come on and share about what metastatic breast cancer is, her journey living with metastatic breast cancer, and how she lives each day to the fullest and share some advice with us. Her name's Krista Lawrence. She's a mom, professional, and very good friend of mine. And she's gonna be joining us next right here on WellSeekers.
0: We're already friends, so let's make it official. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WellSeekers. Thanks for being part of the seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show.
1: We are back with Krista Lawrence, very good friend. Hi, Lucia. Thanks so much for having me on. And Krista, I'm going to have you introduce yourself because the one thing that I was reading about, I went to Susan G. Komen Mm -hmm. and I read a lot about metastatic breast cancer. The interesting part, because I'm a words person, I really like the intricacy of words, Mm There's a lot around people identifying themselves with this illness. So how do you, how would you identify yourself living with? I'm very
2: happy to talk about metastatic breast cancer because as you said in your intro, you did not know what it was prior to having a friend that was diagnosed with it. I can say that I did not know what it was prior to hearing the doctor tell me about it. I am living with metastatic breast cancer. I am also living with the knowledge that my life is going to be considerably shorter than it otherwise would have been.
1: Tell us what metastatic breast cancer is. And I know it's it's stage four right. metastatic breast cancer. Why right. is it called that? Cause I almost feel like, I know it confused me and I've heard people say it confuses people. So right. why did they give it that terminology? So. Breast cancer
2: is metastatic when the tumors have spread from the original site of diagnosis in the case of a recurrence, or in the case of what's called a de novo diagnosis, when you are diagnosed with metastatic stage four right from the beginning, right off, without ever having had an early stage diagnosis of breast cancer, but it is when the cancer travels through the lymphatic system and it lands into the vital organs when it travels and it sets up shop in the lungs, in the brain, in the liver, in the bones. Those are the common sites for metastatic breast cancer. Once it goes to those organs, it is no longer a curable cancer. So that's a differentiator that it is traveled from the breast into another organ. That's right. And you can have it in your lungs. You can have it in your brain. And many people will say, well, don't you have lung cancer? Don't you have brain cancer? No, it is breast cancer
1: that has metastasized to the lungs, to the bones, to the brain. Why do you feel like in the press, I know that's another thing that I read about, it doesn't get a lot of attention. Is there a reason that, it sounds like you have a reason. Yeah, (laughs) There is
2: absolutely a reason because... And I lived it. I embraced it. The reason is because we have such awareness. We have campaigns that are pink ribbon. There is such promotion around breast cancer awareness. And in all honesty, that, uh, you know, that's a great, great effort. However, unless you have been seriously living under a rock, most people now know that breast cancer can happen to anyone. Metastatic, when I was first diagnosed with early-stage breast cancer, which was the end of June in 2009. and So we just
1: want to clarify here. So Chris actually was previously diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. That was in 2009. Correct. And then got a re-diagnosis- in July of 2014. Of metastatic. Correct. Okay. So tell us about that journey because you had beaten cancer for all essential purposes. Absolutely. So breast cancer for me when I was first
2: diagnosed was shocking as I was only 46 and I had no previous conditions or warning signals or None. Any indicators that I would be susceptible to breast cancer. No family history. None of the genes. Nothing. That people test for. Nope. Mm -hmm. So it really did come out of the blue for me. But I do clearly remember my oncologist and my surgeon telling me that it would be, uh, you know, maybe 10 months a year of really rough going And then it was going to become a blip in my life and I was going to be able to resume life as I had known it. In fact, when I sat down with my two children who at the time, let's see, were 14 and just turning 21. I was able to say to them in all honesty and truthfulness that breast cancer, to my knowledge, I said breast cancer is no longer the death sentence that it once was Mm -hmm. because people used to think it was an immediate death sentence. It was curable. And they thought that Absolutely. And my chances, I had a pretty treatable cancer. It was caught early. It was stage two. And I was going to have a lumpectomy rounds of chemotherapy, and then rounds of radiation, and then continue taking an oral kind of maintenance drug for five years, which I did successfully.
1: This is probably when you also, I don't want to say hopped on the bandwagon, but there is that sense of Absolutely. curable camp, I'm going to beat this. I yep. got this. I never had a bumper sticker on my car okay. until
2: <laughs> until I was a survivor and I had a pink ribbon and I had early detection saves lives. And, uh, survivor. So it's
1: 2010 now. Yep.
2: And in 2010, okay. I did a walk, a 39 mile walk up in Boston <laughs> to raise money for one of those organizations. Impressive. Yep. <laughs> you walk 39 miles
1: and And I was
2: a survivor. Yeah. I had beaten it and I just wiped my hands clean of
1: it and continued with my routine checkups from 2010 until 2012. Yep. So then in 2012, you go back to the doctors in 2014. 2014. Yep. Any signs, symptoms, anything, or was it just your annual checkup? No,
2: I went, I had actually, uh, they have a progression of when they see you from like your last treatment. You go every three months to get checked by the radiologist, the surgeon, the oncologist, and then you graduate to six months you do that for a couple of years. Yep. Usually, typically they tell you when you are five years out, you
1: are good to go. It is not coming back. My dad had stage four yes. colon cancer and same thing every three, six, yep. five years. He so was I like... had just in June gotten
2: my five-year mark. Yep. I was clear and I was graduating to one-year markers. And I was ecstatic about that. I had no symptoms other than some soreness in my under my arm, in my axilla. I did not ever even consider that it was a recurrence of cancer because they had gone above and beyond, given me double dosage, done everything possible to minimize the chance of recurrence. And all of my doctors were very confident and said, yeah, you're done. This will not come back. During my journey with cancer the first time, I did encounter some people who were stage four metastatic. I didn't really understand what that meant, and I didn't try to understand what that meant because it didn't apply to me. And in fact, I just
1: stayed away from them and say, oh God, yeah, that sucks. So you get, and I think that that, this is one of the reasons I wanted to do the show, not only to share your journey and the way that you do live, which inspires me and inspires so many other people, but also to shed light on what stage four metastatic breast cancer is because it is so hidden and not given the attention that it deserves. So it's 2014. Right. You go and get the pain checked out. Right. So it gets biopsied. Did you even think a biopsy was going to happen? No. Or, yeah. Yeah. Nope. So it gets biopsied. It gets
2: biopsied, and I get the news from my doctor that uh, I remember him leaving a message for me and all previously. And I had had some other little biopsies or checks or whatever. And always he would leave me a message and say, No, we're good. It was nothing. It was just a blah, 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 blah. And this time there was a message for me to call him back. So I knew immediately that that was not good. What I thought was that he was going to say, yeah, it's, it's come back. You have a recurrence. And I said, okay, it'll suck for another year. Right. Same thing. And I'll Ten be a months. two-time survivor. And isn't yep. that cool? And I'm going to go out there and just yep. beat it twice. Yep. Uh, what I was not prepared for was for him to say, literally, are you sitting down? And he said, it is a stage four. It is metastatic. And I actually said to him, what are you saying to me? You know, I understand what you're saying, but why are you having that conversation and using that word with me? Um, So it was literally like an out-of-body experience. Out-of-body experience and came out of nowhere. What did you think when he said metastatic? I, I thought my life was over because I didn't understand metastatic. I just knew
1: that people died from it.
2: Uh, Because it, and let's
1: get this terminology mm -hmm. right for everyone too, because I said it, but I don't think you clarified, treatable, but not curable. Right. And what does that mean? Because I think people think that it means you can live forever
2: with it. Right. And you cannot. It is not a chronic disease. That is the goal. I mean, if if science and, and medicine can get it to be a chronic disease and even better yet, get it identified prior to getting to be stage four and metastasized, but what that means is when you are diagnosed at an early stage, zero, one, two, three, it is treatable and it is eradicated. You know, every tumor is burned away, gone, removed, whatever. And you can live a long, healthy, normal lifespan. When it has metastasized, and again, uh, the doctors didn't make a mistake. Man, I was ready to have a lawsuit. Like, that's, okay, <laughs> they messed up somewhere. So that's what went through your mind. This was sure. a complete mess up. So they messed up. Yeah. Somehow they missed it. How could they possibly miss it? But no, cancer is is cunning in that way. And there was probably a little piece that just stayed away, was hidden and was undetectable and then surfaced five years later. It is not curable because once it reaches those vital organs, it is throughout your body. And it can sometimes not be detected and be stable, or I don't use the term remission, but it's never gone. It's never gone and it will pop back up somewhere.
1: So once they diagnosed you, what was that like mentally for you? And what did they, I know that you're part of a clinical trial that I'd I'd love to hear about, but what was it like mentally for you to take that diagnosis and then say, okay, now what are my options? Was it an immediate process for you? Were you in bed for a week? Um would have been the latter. (laughs) I feel like it would take some time to process. Um I'm still
2: processing it to this day at different levels and different depths and meaning. But in that moment, it was an out-of-body experience. I remember just going through the motions of life and thinking, what is, what? Incomprehensible. However, what did register for me was that I'm, I'm on a, the time, the clock is ticking. So I didn't know enough and I just thought, well, I got to get it out. And I've got to get going on this because I don't want to like, what, am I going to die in a month, in two months, a year? Like yeah. I had no idea in those early days. I did not sleep. I got up and went to work the next day and left half day. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I, I, I need a little break. <sighs> I not um, even done the half yeah. day. <laughs> uh, I I, I, I didn't know that was normal. Yeah. I, I just tried to, I, I could not i did not sleep and when i woke up with the knowledge that i was being told i had metastatic breast cancer i i felt physically ill and was just confused
1: it's almost like any trauma it was that someone definitely, definitely
2: goes traumatic yeah
1: so you get introduced to a trial so i didn't immediately okay. i went back to
2: my original team Um, but Dana Farber, right? No, I had currently, I was treated locally in in Hartford the first time around. Uh, I went back to that team and they gave me their plan of attack and it didn't sit right with me. Honestly, it was vanity that probably propelled me to get a second and a third and, and final, um, opinions. Because after my first bout, I had developed um, lymphedema of the breast. And if I followed the plan that my surgeon and doctor were planning to do, it was another surgery, it was a removal, and it was 100% that I would develop lymphedema in my arm. Which is a swelling. Which is a swelling. Okay. Yep. An unmanageable, again, a not curable, lifelong condition that can sometimes be minimized and maintained um, but it never goes away, and it is a often you know very extreme, often grotesque swelling, swelling. of the limbs yeah i didn't want that. I thought, okay, right. quality of life, like I understood metastatic yeah. so metastatic is balancing your quality of life with longevity, and so decisions are made every day on balancing those two
1: concepts. What you just described to me is what we all should be doing. Absolutely. Do you feel that way? Or do I feel like if someone told me that, if I had metastatic cancer, I would want to sure. punch them in the face. Sure. <laughs> but do you think that that is the philosophy that we all should be living by even without that diagnosis? Wouldn't that be great if right. we could?
2: That's like my. That's my goal. Because here's the deal. We all do die you know, to have life is is then to die and and have that life be extinguished at some point. We mostly, and I did even as a first-time survivor, I did not maybe very briefly, ooh, appreciate the rainbows and the music and the, ah, what a gorgeous day. But I went right back to my life and thought, I got another 50 years. And
1: what did that entail? Was it the planning? Was it the not appreciating? And how has that changed now? Yeah. How has that balance been created and what does that look like? It's completely changed now. I mean, I went on living
2: like I was told I could, Yeah, um, like anybody else. And barring any act of nature or freak accident, I would live a long, healthy life. That is not my reality now. So, so I do face my mortality every day. When people say, well, we're all going to die. Well, you know, you, we could, I could step off a curb and get hit by a bus. bus.
1: Oh my gosh. I would want to push them off. So (laughs) often, often what I say
2: is, yeah, that is, that is true, but you don't have a bus chasing you down the street relentlessly.
1: It's not stopping. At all. It just actually sounds like being told you are going to get hit by a bus. I'm not going to tell you when. It's going to be somewhere between like three to five years, maybe more, maybe less, but you're going to get hit by a bus. Absolutely. Have a good life. Have a good life. It's not like- One of these days when you step off the curb, you're going to get hit by a bus. So every day you would step off the curb.
2: Metastatic breast cancer is not a curable disease. Yeah. It is why you don't hear about it because nobody wants to be that- person that gets metastatic breast cancer. Because it is unknowable, they cannot, a very small percentage of all of that fundraising that happens actually is funneled into research for the only stage of cancer that is still the only kind that kills us. This is the only cancer that still kills. This stage four metastatic is the only type of breast cancer that. Does not have a cure. That does not have a cure, that you will die from. The problem with that is you do not know when, and your doctors do not know when, and you do not know the path that your
1: particular cancer tumors are going to take. Because people would say, and I've heard people say to you... You look amazing. Like you, there's no way you have metastatic stage four. Well, they don't know that word generally if they're saying that to you, but stage four cancer. Right. So it is a journey where you're not quite sure where it's going to take you. No. So what, how do you do that? How do you balance planning, but living? Right. So you do it. I
2: have found, and again, that's where I say I accept it differently ongoing at different stages, different levels, different days. In the beginning, I thought, okay, either I'm doing really well and have fully gone into acceptance mode, or I'm in complete denial and I don't even realize it. It is kind of going back and forth and finding that happy medium of, I do not know when my cancer is going to explode and progress even more. The goal is you keep taking different treatments as available until you run out of options or they stop working or the side effects are intolerable. I don't know when that will be for me. I've already surpassed the average three years. It's now recently been extended to five, which is awesome news. It is a constant lesson in what I value, what my priorities are how living, actually living in the moment. It's not easy at all. Do I take that promotion? Do I quit my job and travel through the world? Do I save all my money? Do I spend all my money? Do I start gathering, you know, little boxes of baby clothes for my grandchildren, my children's children that I may not ever see? Yes, no, yes, no. And... So that, have, you, have you decided there is no answer? There is no answer. It's a no day, to day. It is unknowable. It is uncontrollable. And there are days when I f- am filled with fear. As I said, I, I decided not to go with my original team for treatment after a few… Visits. Visits and a couple other opinions. I ended up at Dana-Farber. I ended up in a clinical trial. As part of that clinical trial, I am in a support group for stage 4 metastatic women and i gained entry into that club you know the infamous club that nobody wants to be a member of uh because one of their members had had died and so a spot opened up and so that was where i became uh one of them and and have gotten to know a group of amazing women who are living exactly the same way i
1: am which also breeds probably some loss as well as people pass away. And how do you stay resilient through that? I did
2: have a friend and member who just passed away a week ago, and I allowed myself to get full of fear. It is always a gut punch of reality of what metastatic breast cancer is, which is incurable and something that will take my life, that I will die from. So I get filled with fear, but then I am able to say that is not my journey, not today. And what do I want to do with that? Do I want to stay in fear? Do I want to stay in self-pity? Do I want to get depressed and ruin? You know, there's the quality of life. You know, I I don't fight metastatic breast cancer. I can't change that diagnosis i live with it i accept it i do everything possible to make the best life possible however that is defined on a day-to-day basis i make little tiny goals um you know i i have said that the moments are my milestones uh the day is my goal and sometimes i make far-reaching plans with the absolute knowledge and here's where like my tremendous group of friends come in knowing that I may have to cancel, you know, but if I feel good, if things go the way they're going, then I'm going to, I'm going to do something awesome and go on a great trip or have a great, you know, whatever. And if I'm not feeling
1: so great or things change, then I go with that. It's so beautiful. Do you feel like you have found the secret to life? Because I feel like facing your own mortality is something that everyone has to eventually deal with. And they say in that, you look at things like, what do you want your legacy to be and what life is all about? Do you feel like you have those answers or is it still a work in progress for you too? It continues to be a work in
2: progress. And I think it always will be. I have a great deal of peace and serenity that I wouldn't otherwise have had. You know, sometimes you may hear people say, well, cancer is a gift. You know, cancer is not a gift. (laughs) It is not. However, the byproduct, uh, the way I have learned to live as a result of this death sentence, this disease, is an absolutely amazing gift. I am living a life differently, very differently than I expected and that continues to change. Do I want to go back to school? Do I want to do this? I had to stop working because of my condition, because of the fatigue and the stress. Now I just accept that at an early age, I am in my retirement yeah, stage said, of life. Early
1: retirement—that's what I call that. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And that's taken a
1: tremendous amount getting used to, I'm starting to get the hang of it. Yeah, and it's pretty good <laughs> actually. Chris, I just have two more questions Mm -hmm. for you. The first is, if someone is listening, are there any signs or symptoms if you have something that you would want to get tested for that's different from breast cancer, or is it the same signs and symptoms of breast cancer? It is the same signs
2: and symptoms. The only thing I would say is, you know, just like they say with early detection, early detection absolutely saves lives. So you get your mammograms. Uh, most importantly, I say, is do yourself exams. That is how I detected my lumps both times. Uh, they were not detected on a mammogram. We're going to post a video yep. about that because I don't do that. And I yep. feel like that is... Uh, it saved my life. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> both <laughs> times. It, it did because both times, especially with the metastatic, if I didn't do that, it would have... It's an aggressive form of my tumors. And I wouldn't be sitting here today, for sure. So, but as far as anything different, no. I had some pain. I felt a lump. I had some
1: fatigue. Some pretty normal symptoms. Pretty normal stuff. Okay. Yep. So get checked and do your self-exam. Absolutely. Last question for you, Krista. Do you feel like if someone's listening and they're struggling with a sense of purpose or a sense of their own wellness and questioning their journey, any advice for them from everything you've learned on your journey to help get them through? You know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And
2: again, it's accepting the fact that we all die. And I have the knowledge. I have the knowledge for sure. No, no, no doubts about it that I am going to die sooner rather than later. So every day is a precious time and so how do i wanna make use of that what do i want to do with this time and and really i have gotten just laser sharp focused on on what's important and reach out because it's not about all the other stuff for me what is important is my fantastic friendship with you lucia <laughs> um sweet frog
1: Absolutely. Which is an yeah. ice cream store.
2: <laughs> Frozen <laughs> yogurt. way too much. Um, and so I nice cherish reasons. those relationships yeah. with my children, with my friends. That is what's important. And I have the blessing now of being able to spend time with and be available for those friendships and those relationships in a way that I never would have considered or been able to fulfill. And I am able to do that today. You asked if I have the secret of life, if I know the secret of life. And I will say just because we did just go see James Taylor up at (laughs) Tanglewood. And honestly, that reminds me of his song, The Secret of Life is enjoying the passage of time. And that's about it. It is enjoying the passage of time.
1: I feel like we should leave it there. Cause that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Christopher. You're welcome. For Thanks for having me. journey with us. We'll be right back on WellSeekers.
0: You're listening to WellSeekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. We want you to join the conversation. Email us at hello at WellSeekers.com.
1: And we're back on WellSeekers. Krista's still here. Because I forgot to have her choose her wellness fortune. We're going to send you a wellness item because I forgot them. Okay. Um, but this is a wellness fortune. Something to take with you. So I just get to pick up. Yeah, one? you just shared so much with us. We want to share something with you. Open it and read it.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. A truly rich life contains love, kindness, and wellness of spirit. Touche.
1: That's perfect. That's our gift back to you. Thank you. But you, you very already much. gave us that gift. So. Wellness of spirit. Yeah. Thanks so much to Krista Lawrence for joining us and sharing her experience with and her life with us today on WellSeekers. And we're going to put some links below for anyone that wants more information on stage four metastatic breast cancer. From all of us here at WellSeekers, stay well and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Want to talk? Lucia is a great listener. Join the conversation now at WellSeekers.com.